0: You're listening to the audio portion of Workshop Wednesdays. Workshop Wednesdays is a free live discussion about topics affecting accountants, bookkeepers, and business owners. You can join the AVO group on Facebook to participate live Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Just search for ABBO on Facebook. This podcast is brought to you by schoolofbookkeeping.com. Where you learn, grow, and build a thriving bookkeeping practice. We have hundreds of lessons with almost every aspect of the industry. Start your free month today at SchoolOfBookkeeping.com. Welcome to another Workshop Wednesday, brought to you by SchoolOfBookkeeping.com, where it's casual conversations for serious workflows. And today begins another section segment. I'm not sure, quite sure what the word is, but series. The there we go. That's the word I'm looking for, where we're going to start a series on e-commerce fundamentals. And we have a guest joining us. As you may notice, Carrie looked a little different today. We actually have Rachel. How do you pronounce your last name? Is it Douchy or? Mm Douchy. Okay. That's what I thought, but I just didn't want to butcher it. And of course, (laughs) I get something stuck in my head and I always say it the wrong way.
1: Oh, you'd be surprised what people have said. Uh, (laughs) But it's douchy.
0: Got it. Rachel and I have had, uh, actually, Rachel is an elite school bookkeeping member where she takes advantage of the quick answers options. And uh, we've been chatting about her business and how she does her thing. And you're actually focused on e-commerce and that sort of thing. And tell us a little bit about your company and we'll. Sure.
1: So my company grew into this e-commerce niche, although it's not just e-commerce. It's really anybody that's manufacturing stuff or buying and selling stuff and not necessarily just on an e-com channel, but they all of my uh, clients usually are selling on an e-com channel, but they're usually a combination of some kind of brick and mortar store and e-commerce channel usually wholesaling and that kind of stuff. Rather than service-based folks, all of my people sell stuff.
0: Stuff. Man. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a, a concept as far as inventory is concerned. And we've done previous uh, workshops about managing inventory inside of QuickBooks. And, and it varies in, in various different levels of complexity where I buy stuff and I sell stuff. I buy stuff, I do stuff to that stuff. And then I sell different stuff. And then I have stuff all over the place that I need to manage. Yeah. Where do you fall in the, in, in the spectrum there with most of your clients, or is it just a mixture of of those?
1: It really, I I always hate giving this answer. It depends, but it really does depend (laughs) because when I first started in QuickBooks Online and I had been a QuickBooks desktop user before, along with many other accounting softwares, I jumped on QuickBooks Online about five years ago. And. A lot of people would say, you just can't manage inventory on QuickBooks online. And in for me, I was like, but why? I want to know all of the reasons why. So now, of course, I know you can manage inventory in QuickBooks online. It's very limited. There are certain things that you can do and you can't do. And I'm sure we'll probably get into that like you had just brought up. You make stuff, you sell stuff, <laughs> this combination of stuff. So in certain situations... I do think that it's okay to manage inventory in QuickBooks Online. It really depends on what they're selling, how they're selling it, and maybe they have kits or assemblies or that kind of thing, just what's going on with all of their things. And if it's a simple enough scenario, I do think that you can do it in QuickBooks Online. So it really just depends. I always make sure when I'm onboarding a new client or I'm doing some kind of discovery call, I really get involved in what they're selling i don't just ask the accounting questions i ask what are they selling what are they making what are they making are they importing just i really need to know the nuts and bolts of what their business is
0: because ultimately that's going to guide your recommendation as to where oh they, absolutely. they live with all of that yeah stuff,
1: right yeah and then and i also am a cloud-based inventory partner with a few different solutions. And so if it's not appropriate to do their inventory in QuickBooks Online, then I can recommend something else. So I really need to ask in-depth questions about that. Right.
0: Now your your name of your company is net deposited. Can you talk about the the origin story of, of where that came from and and, and because it, it does spring true with some of the things that we've done in the past here about the dangers of living in the bank feed uh, to manage your business. But uh, talk a little bit about. Yeah, so it's it's
1: actually really embarrassing because I had a client (laughs) maybe my first year that I started and I wasn't used to the bank feeds because I was used to other accounting softwares where we didn't really use that. So I really didn't know how to use the bank feeds properly. And the way I ended up learning was... (laughs) I accepted everything and then had to undo it and redo it like a whole bunch of times. But I had one client that I just deposited everything straight to sales and I, I didn't know any different. And so uh, after a while, I realized, oh, this isn't matching his reporting because he was a franchise client and he has a big central thing where he would get his reporting. And so I was like, what, I, what is going on here? And I had to figure out exactly what I was doing. And then, and I think, by the way, that's a really great way to learn is make the mistake, fix it, and then <laughs> right. Get you, you Now you <laughs> won't ever make that mistake again. He was actually quite upset and he actually dumped me as a, a bookkeeper. Oh. And yeah, and I, I am fine with it because I moved on. He found somebody that would do it properly for him and I don't blame him. I just didn't know. And so, Oh, I learned my lesson quick. And now when I do um, diagnostic reviews, that's the first thing I look at and I see, are they depositing straight to income? Because obviously now we know, not obviously, but now we know, and this is something that I aim to make sure that I, I want to help and encourage other people, but that those Deposits that are coming in are just simply payouts. That's cash payouts and cash is in revenue, obviously. So it's really important that you post your sale correctly, either through a sales receipt or sometimes we do a consolidated journal entry for the day. But then what's coming in the bank feed after the fact is your net deposit. And oftentimes it's batched and sometimes you have to investigate and find out what's in that deposit, but depending on what kind of connector you're using, but really that's the gist. And I thought it was a funny name because it's so important, but it was something that I screwed up and I learned my lesson about that. And so now it's really something that a lot of business owners make that mistake. And they also create a rule. They create a rule (laughs) straight to income. And I always, every time I see that, I cringe a little bit, but
0: but they, they don't know what they don't know. And that's, they they run their business from the balance of the bank account. Yeah, right? and so it's and not they, capturing they everything. Yeah it's, yeah,
1: it's not capturing fees. It's certainly not ca- capturing any kind of chargebacks or discounts or allowances or any other thing that's part of their daily sale.
0: And that's what we're going to unpack a little bit as we go through this series just wanted to talk a little bit about what it is that we are going to cover and unpack over the next you think you're with us for eight weeks Rachel. we'll get to know a lot of, <laughs> a lot about it too. and this other sort of thing so today is really just about an, uh, an overview what is what are we going to be covering over the next eight weeks because there there's several major concepts when it comes to e-commerce and e-commerce accounting that we just want to give the Mr. Rogers level of those types of things. And that's why we have Rachel, that's our resident expert to give us a little, keep us, uh, my job is to keep us from get, getting into the weeds because that can certainly happen yeah. and, and we would just want to talk about some of those things. And I did a, I did a. QuickBooks Power Hour a couple of years ago with Veronica Wasig. She's also in the, the e-commerce. Super
1: phase. knowledgeable. yeah, she's amazing. And
0: um, and so we're going to put that uh, as a link there, so as a a, a good introductory to what we're going to be unpacking. but so today is all about what is e-commerce. We'll talk a little bit about that, but we'll also be talking about sales tax implications and, and t- tracking sales t- tax the components that you need to be able to do e-commerce selling stuff online. And then what kind of tech stack works best. And we'll, we'll unpack that with Rachel, as far as some of those things that you discover in the discovery, maybe you might have different recommendations for that and those types of things. And then, as you mentioned, inventory, right? So tracking, tracking the inventory, how do the clients What kind of level of complexity do they have with their inventory? And then one thing that is unique about e-commerce is fulfillment, right? So you get an order and then you got to send it somewhere, right? So that, that is another unique component. So we'll unpack all of those things over the next few weeks. But first, we just want to talk about, well, what is e-commerce in general? Like if if somebody asks you, Rachel, and I am, what what is e-commerce? What would you say in in in, in layman's terms, so so that they understand what you're talking about with e-commerce? I get the first question. How do you spell it? Because you've got e dash commerce, you've got e capital C commerce, and then you have No dash. How do you? I know, and then and
1: it it really just depends because sometimes I write articles for the Woodard Report too, and I think, wait, should I put the dash? Should I not put the dash? I don't know. Sometimes if I'm typing quickly, I I won't put the dash, but I do think technically it's e capital E dash commerce. But so it's a little bit of a misnomer because it's not just e commerce. So really, in the platform world, when you're selling on marketplaces or platforms. E-commerce is really just referring to those sales that you're selling on a marketplace or on a platform like Shopify. It's more than that because I have people in brick and mortar stores that are selling. So I usually say it's. There's a connector that I use, a really amazing company called Bookkeep, and the owner always says everything is e-commerce. And it's true. I really believe that because. I think what we're talking about really is point of sale. So there's the folks that are sending out invoices. I'm sending you an invoice. You pay me later, right? So, and that's accounts receivable. That's I'm giving you terms. I'm allowing you to pay me later. Well, that's not what's going on when you're selling on a website or you're selling credit card swipe in a store. Or maybe you're out at a flea market or farmer's market. I have clients that use Square and they'll use that out in the field. Or they've got um, sales reps out in the field that are swiping sales on Square. There are, I usually refer, when we say e I usually refer to those point of sale purchases that are need to come into QuickBooks and we're talking about a payout that's coming one, two, three, four, sometimes in Amazon's case, two weeks after the fact. So what we want to do is we want to post those sales on an accrual basis properly so we can capture the day that they, the sale incurred. So that way they're jiving with the sales reports in whatever platform you're selling on. And if you're just maybe selling in person, maybe that's just Stripe or maybe that's just Square. So rather than really relying on QuickBooks Online for your gross sales, we're dealing with some other kind of external platform. And so for my clients, they really want to understand and be reassured that what we're posting in QuickBooks Online is what they're saying on their sales platform. And on an accrual basis is really important, especially at month end and at year end, because I have a client that's very high volume. And if we were just relying on payouts, that would be a variance of $75,000. So we really want to post those sales properly. And then the payout will come several days after the fact. And some now I deal with so many of them. Some come the next day, some take two, three, four, oh, yeah. quite, quite a while to pay out. So, and when we say e commerce, I really mean. And this is just such a growing industry point of sale, really.
0: So a way to sell it, sell your merchandise that isn't necessarily right out of quick.
1: Yeah. And then guess what? I also have clients that are now selling subscription memberships and digital downloads and things like that. So it's not always stuff because that's another thing as I usually say my clients sell stuff and they're moving product. but guess what? Now there's point of sale swipes for not stuff. So it's really, it can get a little complex, but it's, I I usually say once you're doing it for a while, it's definitely doable. I think some people shy away from it because maybe they're not super fond of inventory, but it's, there's a lot of parts of it that don't even necessarily involve inventory.
0: Right. And you can come up that with an engagement where you're clear of that, mm-hmm. if, if that's not in your wheelhouse, you just you know manage the financial impact. So Emily, yeah, oh yeah. From, yeah, Emily from Bookkeep actually let us know that according to AP style, the correct spelling of e-commerce is capital E dash capital C commerce. So if nothing else, you know at least how to spell e-commerce. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. <laughs> and you mentioned BookKeep, and Emily is with BookKeep. So you, you actually had a case study written about you from BookKeep, which is really awesome. So it's in the comments there as a link. So if you want to check out, you know, that case study about you, uh, please do. Um, and, and we'll talk about what BookKeep is when we get to the components and, the, and those types of things, um, you know, as you make those decisions, uh, how you with with your e-commerce clients, but that's right. Oh, that's right. No, Emily is no longer with Bookie. She used to be with Bookie. That's right. So I couldn't make that connection uh, with that, but that's right. So you're, you're talking about a point of sale as lumping in where, what e-commerce is. And some of those brick and mortar stores, like you mentioned, they'll be able to sell online. I remember. Google had a, a service called Frugal
1: back in the day,
0: which was, it basically was was like a product listing service for brick and mortar stores, right? They could list their products online and then people could say, Hey, I want that. And then go pick it up in the store. Like before that, that today it's very commonplace. Like I, I buy online, pick up in the store, but it was called Frugal f-r-o-o-g-l as opposed to just googling like i want to be able to uh, buy online or shop online but pick it up locally this is before covid it's like 2006 it's a pain. type of thing but uh, you oh know, you so mean the olden it, days <laughs> yeah 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 dating myself and then there's all sorts of things and we'll unpack the, the differences between a shopping cart and a marketplace, but there are those things. And we'll, let's talk a little bit about those types of things where, where it's a, a marketplace, which is online, which is our, probably the most common and un, everybody understands it is Amazon's yes. a market, Amazon's a marketplace. It's not necessarily yeah. a shopping cart. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between a shopping cart and in a marketplace?
1: Sure. So I actually I'm so excited. I just got a client that is a marketplace. And and it was really interesting because she came to me and I had never taken a client that was a marketplace before. But because I have so much experience with other marketplaces, I really understood how to speak her language and what to do. Essentially, a marketplace is a place online where people can go and post their stuff to sell. So the most popular one is Amazon. So Amazon is, there's a couple parts to Amazon. They have fulfilled by Amazon, meaning your vendors I, are just selling their stuff.
0: We'll talk, talk okay, about well, we'll,
1: we'll, we'll get, Sorry. Sometimes <laughs> I'll get, to, in, get into the weeds. Rate. Hold on. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I do that, but um, yeah. So anyway. Amazon is just basically a marketplace where a whole bunch of people come together sell their stuff. Etsy is another marketplace. Wayfair is another marketplace like that. And then, did you want me to say the opposite of that, which right. would be like a sales right. so platform? Exactly. Um, and I'll and then I'll say the big difference between the two. And then a sales platform is you're using a platform like Shopify or WooCommerce or something right. like that, and you are It is your website. So customers are going onto your website, buying things directly from you. So the main difference is on a marketplace, they're a facilitator with sales tax. So they take care of your sales tax obligation. They collect the sales tax from the buyer and then they remit it to the appropriate state and file the return. With your own website on your own platform, you are responsible for figuring out the sales tax liability. And that's what we'll, we'll stay at that high level. But that's yeah. that main difference.
0: If I was going to put a analogy to all of this, I would say that the difference between those two platforms is a yard sale versus a swap meet. So you have if you have stuff that you want to sell, get rid of your junk, right? Mm hmm you have an option. You can do a yard sale, garage sale type of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's fine, right? You you just have to deal with the marketing of that. You're letting people know that you're having a yard sale, putting out signs and that sort of thing. Or you could schlep all your stuff and go down to a swap meet or someplace where, sorry, I got a little excited there. (laughs) You go down to a place where a bunch of other people are bringing their junk, their junk to sell. And then you don't have to worry about marketing because there is already going to be a serious amount of foot traffic, Mm -hmm. but of course you have to deal with how do you stand out in that marketplace so that you attract people to that, but you're going to have a a bunch of people already there at the marketplace, right? And that's what Amazon does. That's what Etsy does. That's Mm -hmm. what all of those other. People are already going to those places because they know they exist. Whereas, if you have a, a garage sale or yard sale, they may not know that unless they are actively looking for an indif- an individual yard sale or garage sale to to buy somebody else's
1: junk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and those website owners they have to market all on their own. Google through all kinds of different marketing endeavors. And I have clients that they use all kinds of different techniques and I'm no marketing expert at all. So mm-hmm. it's interesting because I watch how they do it. And then on something like Amazon, what, like you said, it's got tons and tons of other sellers and you have to somehow get to the top of that list. And that comes from buying you buy advertising from them and you buy right. placement from them. So You're spending a lot of money to be on something like Amazon, but it's sometimes it can be well worth it. Right. Just depends.
0: I don't think there is a human alive that doesn't know about Amazon. Hmm. They're very good at marketing, right? Yeah. Hmm. They're quite. When your company is a verb to people, right? Like I'm going to Google it or I'm going to Amazon it or. Oh, yeah. I'm going to YouTube it. That is like when you're or in Venmo, I'm gonna Venmo in Venmo you. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's so funny are, how those have just completely become language.
0: It's now part of your, part of the vernacular. So that's what you're in for over the next six or eight weeks here. As we unpack the different things about what e-commerce is and how can you help your clients or help your, help yourself, if you're a business needing to do some e-commerce and spreading the diversifying how you sell things. Because main anything that COVID has taught us is that you cannot have all of your eggs in one basket, especially if you're a retail store, to be reliant on people coming to you coming into your place of business to buy your stuff e-commerce was the uh, tomorrow's conversation that got put into today probably because of because of uh, covid and and those types of things so people who weren't set up for e-commerce were definitely impacted pretty substantially by that period of time would you agree
1: oh yeah not even that but then take into account all how many of us are always on our phones and how many potential customers are always on their phone, logged in to PayPal on their browser or already logged into Apple Pay. And there's these really creative sellers that are taking advantage of those things that people can instant buy. So that's not even I have to because of COVID. It's now, how creative can I get? Because I want to sell on all these different channels and there's all these creative ways to do it that, I mean, some of my clients, there's payment methods coming in from all over the place.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get into those weeds when we talk about how do you do the accounting side of all that. But I appreciate you joining us here today, Rachel, and we look forward to, to working through these, these topics on the workshop and uh, appreciate all of you joining us i, I see a lot of the, the uh, engagement here i like that great ad the analogy <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you join us in the coming weeks as we unpack the e-commerce fundamentals and uh, appreciate you joining us here today rachel any any closing thoughts from you
1: No, other than I'm happy to be here. I love e-commerce so much. It's truly one of those things where I get excited to get up and come to my desk in the morning because I really, uh, the reason that I really like e-commerce or point of sale selling is because I just like the different things everybody sells. I really like the industry. I like learning about their background and why they're selling the way they're selling. I find it very interesting. And I just really enjoy it.
0: All right. For those of you that run screaming from all of these things, you now have a resource just to be able to work with maybe hand off a client if you don't want to deal with the the e-commerce with Rachel. So we look forward to to seeing you next week and we'll we'll continue continue this topic next time. Have a great day.